Welcome to another episode of the Freedom Fam Podcast. And it is me, your host, Red Pill Rage, a.k.a. Lady Rage, a.k.a. Red Pill Ginny. I am here on a solo episode that I am putting together uh, for you today. So, Bro Bro will be back next week, and we will have more to talk about in terms of cyber stalking, cyber terrorism, um, all of the above. Um, This podcast, though... I talked about it. Let me go ahead and read you the intro again so I remind you guys of what I am here to do, what BroBro is here to do, what we're here to do collectively together. Have you ever been cyber-stalked or cyber-bullied? Have you ever gone viral and had your life turned upside down? Can you recognize gang-stalking when you see it? Were you doxxed by a hacker or threatened on social media for whistleblowing? Join us to study some of the worst cyber terrorism terrorists on social media as we expose their playbook and their tactics. We also discuss how to heal from the damage, get freedom from the fear, and rebuild your confidence. There will also be episodes about corporate espionage to help you protect your business and your assets. Okay, now, this is a true crime podcast, okay? And there's many types of cyber crimes. We plan to talk about all of them, okay? We plan to talk about all of them. And one of the most shocking cyber crimes that I was not even aware of is called sextortion, okay? Now, before uh, I move further, let me go ahead and give out this dis- this disclaimer. Now, I am primarily as a men's rights advocate, as a honey badger, as a woman who loves my man, loves my alpha males, loves my brothers. Um, This is primarily for you, but ladies, I do want you to stay and listen because this is something that could happen to your husband, depending on what kind of husband you have. This is something that could happen to any male you know. This happened to your son, your teenage son, your college-aged son. Sextortion, in a nutshell, is very similar to revenge porn, okay? Now, we all know what revenge porn is. Um, Ladies, I've been warning you for years not to send nudes. Don't send nudes. Never, ever, ever send nudes, even when you're in a relationship. Um, One of the reasons being, first of all, you don't know if the man who has swept you off your feet is some sort of sociopathic narcissist who is going to use those nudes against you to exploit you, to keep the relationship, to keep you under his control, to uh, possibly um, extort you financially or, you know, continue to abuse you in order to um, um, you know what I mean, okay? You don't know, you don't know how really you, you don't know men, okay? Ladies, I've been through this, okay? I mean, I've never been revenge porn myself, but I've had, you know, about 15 years ago, I had a man threaten to do something, threaten to. Um, there probably are nudes of me floating out there somewhere. Luckily, um, <laughs> those, those have never come to see the light of day, and I, I thank God that they never have. 
Ladies, don't send nudes. Don't do it. You never know if the man that you think you love today is going to be the man that abuses you tomorrow. You never fucking know. Even in a relationship, okay? Certain people are not trustworthy. Certain people do not show their abusive side until much later, six months in, a year in, two years in, 10 years in. You just don't know. You just don't know what people are going to do. Likewise, for you gentlemen out there, you shouldn't be sending nudes either. You shouldn't be recording. You shouldn't even be uh, uh, sex texting with women you don't know. I mean, I just, I don't understand how you men are so compulsive in this. I'm not telling you this to, to come down on you. I'm telling you this to protect you. As your sister, as your honey badger friend, as someone who has seen men be put through the ringer, by very, very unstable and, and, and vicious women, I want you to be protected. And, and this kind of hits home for me a little bit. Um, I've had several friends on TikTok um, have their lives turned upside down because they decided to send a dick pic. I'm serious. This is, I can, I'm not going to name names because if you are in conservative TikTok, you know who these names are. <laughs> I'm not going to name names, but you know who these men are. Um, they have they have had their lives devastated, all because they were attracted to a woman. They flirted. They they got out of pocket. They their their lower brain, and they sent some dick pics. They sent some videos they shouldn't have, shouldn't have. Okay, this is something that breaks up marriages. This is something that breaks up relationships. This is something that you yourself can get extorted for or blackmailed for. And I came to you, I am coming to you today to bring you a story about a sextortion syndicate out of the Philippines. And you guys buckle up, get ready. This is something that is going to blow your mind. Maybe it won't. Maybe you maybe you have more experience on social media. Maybe you know somebody who this has happened to. I've I was just completely blown away by how this started. And it's, you know, it's something that's, it, it's an industry. Like it literally is an industry of cyber terrorists um, coming out, mostly coming out of a specific country who are doing this to men around the world. And I don't want it to be you. I don't want you to be the next one. This has been going on for about the last decade and it's only going to get worse and worse and worse as we continue to have more and more social media apps that have come out since 2013, more um, messenger apps like WhatsApp and Signal and Telegram. There's more and more opportunity for these things to happen to you as men. And I am telling you, as your honey badger friend, do not do this get involved be very very careful i am going to tell you the story i'm going to tell you about the victims i am going to give you this syndicate's playbook and i am going to tell you how easily you can get how easily you can you can succumb to this terrorist group okay so let me start off by saying this okay so there's a city or actually a village in the philippines called bulacan it's a village and um there is a woman there there and you can look up her name i want you to read about her her name is maria campara and her last name is spelled c-a-p-a-r-a -A, maria campara 
um, coming out of Bulacan Village in the Philippines. Now, Maria Campara, just a little background on her, she started um, dirt poor. So she grew up dirt poor, was a single mom with two children in her early, in her early years. Um, she started in uh, working in what are called sex chat centers. Now, I think back in 2013, this was kind of, this is a webcam thing. It's a webcam thing before webcam really took off. I'm, I'm not really sure what year webcam took off. Um, but uh, in the early days of webcam, Maria Campara was doing that. And basically what these sex, sex chat centers are is they're little rooms, little office spaces with little cubicles, small computer, laptop, microphone, webcam, a little bit of soundproofing, and a girl sitting at a chair, okay? They come into, uh, they, they might be, you, they might be learn, They might be doing this through a website. They might be doing this on their own. But either way, their goal is to find paying clients who are going to want to do sexy chat and then possibly photos and video. Okay. She started out that way. Okay. Um, however, nine ninety nine a minute wasn't enough. $6.99 a minute wasn't enough. $3.99 a minute isn't enough, even in, in American money over there in Philippines, okay? Maria was very clever, and she saw an opportunity to deliver the same product in a much easier way and make way more money. And the way that she decided to, and, and the opportunity that she saw, this wonderful opportunity that she saw was saying, you know what, instead of doing, instead of having to show myself, I can actually show pre-recorded videos of other people. Instead of having to chat myself, I can hire 17 year old lady boys to do the chatting for me. And instead of collecting per minute or just, you know, making money by memberships or anything like that, you can give away the sex chat for free. You can give away the nudes for free. You can give away the, vi the sexy videos for free. And instead of charging up front, you make your money on the back end by then recording the client, recording the victim when they show themselves on camera and then extorting them for money. And we're not talking pennies here. We're talking thousands of dollars at a certain point. Okay. So one of the ways that this sextortion syndicate came on the map was back in 2013, where a 17-year-old boy from, uh, I believe, the United Kingdom, his name was Daniel Perry, committed suicide. And Daniel Perry committed suicide because, uh, well, I, I'm sure what he thought was a woman came into his chat. Um, they proceeded to... Uh, either video chat or Skype with each other, also video chat. This individual um, recorded young Daniel and immediately within about 20 minutes after the call ended, this person began trying to extort Daniel for money. And at 17 years old, he had no assets. 
But unfortunately, it wasn't something that he did anonymously. Um, the member of the syndicate who is doing this, they often know your real name. They know your family members. They might know where you work. And they gather all of this information through Facebook. Okay, so young Daniel at 17 years old met this woman on Facebook, I believe. And, you know, you guys can go look up the Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. You are more than free to do more. Feel free to do that. Um, he committed suicide within two weeks. He had been badgered and badgered and badgered by this person in the Philippines to give him to give money, to send money, to wire money. And, uh, at 17 years old, he couldn't pay it. So he killed himself. Okay. Um, Interpol actually got involved in 2014, a year later, and they began to see a very significant pattern that the majority, and I believe it was about 50% at the time back in 2014, the majority of um, what they think are women, you know, people who are involved in, this, uh, in these scam rings, Majority of them were coming from the Philippines, okay? Now, yes, they've come from, now, this can be done from any part of the world, but with all the countries in the world and all the people in the world, when you've got 50% of them coming from one single country, I mean, I think that says something, you know, just like most of the, uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a prince and I have $3 million that I want to give you and you just need to send me $1,000. It can happen from any where but the majority of them come from Nigeria. Am I right or am I wrong? And we should definitely talk about Nigerian scams in the future. Um, the majority of them were coming from the Philippines and they were targeting eight specific countries. So they were targeting users through Facebook in Hong Kong, Singapore, Malaysia, Korea, the Philippines, Australia, the United States, and the United Kingdom. Okay. Now, uh, let's get back to Maria. So Maria Campara saw this opportunity to use extortion to make way more money than chatting and paying per minute was ever going to make. And she set up a very sophisticated uh, ring of employees to target men from this country, from these eight countries. Okay. She did a 50-50 split between her actors which we are gonna to get to later, as well as the payment processors, which we are gonna to get to later. And it became very, very lucrative, and it's still going on to this day, which is the craziest part. Um, if you wanna see what Interpol did in reaction to it back in 2014, um, they have it on their Twitter page, and their Twitter handle is Interpol underscore HQ. That is their official blue check uh, Twitter page. Scroll back to 2014 if, if the information is still on there or just Google Operation Strike Back. Okay, so they did get involved. They did arrest Maria, but she was subsequently set free. Um, they, could, they, they couldn't hold her. What they said was that there wasn't enough evidence to hold her because again, in very sophisticated Ponzi schemes, what happens? The people at the bottom get busted. The people at the top, there isn't really any direct correlation, so it's a lot harder. And when someone like Maria is employing almost the entire village 
and the or the entire village of Bulacan is being uh, is benefiting off of all the money that is being brought into this village. Do you really think anyone's going to snitch? I mean, she's got a team of payment processors who are who are creating fake IDs to go pick up money. She's got a team of actors, some of which are recording the videos, some of which are doing the chatting. Very sophisticated work, okay? Everyone's making money, and they're making money in American dollars. So they're making, like when I tell you they're making a lot of money, they're making a lot of money. No one's going to snitch. No one's going to snitch, okay? Um, the financial demands begin within hours, and it is untraceable because, like I said, she's got a team of payment processors who are going to Western Union, picking up money addressed to fake individuals, the, the, the people who the victims think they're sending the money to, fake names, and then you've got the payment processors creating these fake ideas to get the money under those fake names, okay? Almost completely untraceable, not to mention that some of the payment processors, some of the Western Union or, or money transfer centers are also getting kickbacks too, if not, they are owned by family members or friends or neighbors of the people involved in this syndicate, of the criminals in this syndicate. I mean, it's it's crazy, right? So uh, Interpol found out that 50% of the victims were being found on Facebook, okay? So let me go ahead and give you the sextortion, good catch, right? Playbook. I gave you the, uh, or we will continue to give you the cyber stalker hacktivist playbook. Now I'm going to give you the second. So here's what happens. Let's start with talking about the actors. The, the these are this is 50% of the operation. Okay, so um, what these actors do is they, they mimic real Facebook accounts, okay? So let's say one of the actors is in, like I said, the Philippines. They find a beautiful woman from, say, Hong Kong or China or Korea or Japan, okay? Beautiful woman. They uh, steal all her, download her pictures. They copy and paste her hacks. They copy and paste the, the uh, experiences or anything that she talks about. They do everything they can to really make it look as real as possible. And they'll have these Facebook profiles going back for years. Okay, so they don't look like scams. It's not like Instagram where, you know, you're getting a, a message from what appears to be, you know, some hot Ukrainian model and she only has five pictures and her account is only like a month old okay back then they were much more sophisticated at doing this okay so it's very easy to recycle facebook accounts it's very easy to cycle through names cycle through photos cycle through identities so they will steal someone else's account fraudulently impersonate them on another account and then use that account to approach their victims now, how they find their victims. Again, 50% of the victims of the victimization of this crime is happening on Facebook. Uh, they find victims and they look for some very specific qualities, okay? 
They're looking for men who look like they have money, men who look like they work blue collar jobs, men who look successful. Um, they're looking at how many times a year you're going on vacation, how many times a year you're going out of town, what kind of car you're driving. If you have an active lifestyle, lifestyle, do you look like you're connected in your community? Do you look like you're socializing with a lot of friends? Are you going to out to dinner at nice restaurants a lot? Are you taking group pictures with your friends? They're looking for that. They're looking to see um, how many events you go to. Are you going to concerts? Are you going to meetings? Are you going to city council? Are you, are you going to uh, uh, promotions? Are you going to conferences? They're looking for that, okay? And most importantly, they're looking for victims who have were listed and they're looking for victims who have a lot of family members in your profile also listed, okay? This is gonna become very, very important later on, okay? As far as the uh, actors are concerned, ironically, what Maria was doing is she was uh, employing mostly gay teens. Um, she didn't say this herself, but one of the um, one of the actors interviewed was saying how uh, gay boys are very good at flattery and they're very good at persistence. They're very good at sales. They dirty old men are looking for and they are so willing to provide that they're great salesmen um, a lot of them are lady boys okay so these are these are individuals who are saving up for surgeries okay they are feminine to begin with okay they i mean i wouldn't say that they have the mind of a woman but they definitely have the personalities of women uh, many of them are sex workers Okay, and instead of doing it in the street, why not do line? Never actually have to show yourself, never actually have to, to to perform any acts. We'll get to how they do that, how they send videos later. Uh, most of them are between the ages of 17 and 30 years old, but the majority of them are 17, 16, 17, 18 years old. It's a low risk business, okay? High reward, again, not traceable you're not the one picking up the money you're not the one showing your face all you're doing as one of these uh online sex workers is targeting the victim and opening the chat that's all you're doing very low risk very untraceable uh low risk high reward maria was offering them bonuses whoever could bring in the, the most money she's she's enticing them with iphones ipads Samsung Galaxy phones. And you have to understand, from, from a poor village in the middle of the Philippines that doesn't even have a Wi-Fi network, that's a lot. That's a lot. You know, all of a sudden, now they can afford their surgeries. Now they can feed their families. Buy houses and cars. Now they can get electronics that they would never dream of owning. It's a good, it's a good deal for them. Okay, she was also recruiting by building uh, social centers in the village of Balakan. Okay, so places where, for, where teenagers could come and work out, come and socialize, come and play pool, come and play video games, come and play on the internet, come and, come and do gaming, come and uh, go swimming, whatever it was, come and eat. She was literally creating teen centers in this village of Balakan 
to entice people, entice young boys to, or sometimes girls and, and bring them as employees for this chat business, for this sextortion business. Um, it got to the point where 80% of the village was working for Camparas, Maria Camparas. And if they weren't working for her directly, the village as a whole was all of a sudden benefiting greatly. You know, now there's more income. Now there's more money to be spent. Now everyone, including the families of these, uh, of these actors, now everyone's getting paid. Now everyone can afford things that they haven't been able to afford before. I mean, it's just crazy. So she, she literally, she literally Pablo Escobar the entire village because that's how much money she was bringing in uh, between the years of 2013 all the way up to now, as far as we know, okay? So like I said before, if uh, Interpol comes around asking questions, they're gonna be like, who? Maria who? Oh, we don't know anything about it. If the, if the uh, PMP, which I think stands for Philippines National Police, I could be wrong, correct me if I'm in the, if they come around asking questions, who's gonna talk? Everybody's getting paid. Everybody's quality of life has been elevated and nobody is actually having to prostitute themselves. Crazy, right? Um, so, Moving on, um, seduction starts on Facebook, okay? It starts with a very suggestive chat. Um, the actors do admit that at first, especially if you're some nobody chick in the Philippines and you're approaching men in the UK or in Australia or in, or in the United States, um, a lot of the men are very apprehensive. But like as said before these young sex workers are very convincing and they're very persistent and by their own admission it really doesn't take a lot to start um to start these dialogues with these victims it really doesn't take much just a little bit of persistence seems to go and as we know men just you know can't control themselves sometimes you call it testosterone um, I call it, uh, just blatant fucking, you know, selfish gratification, but, you know, call it what you want. Go talk to Kevin Samuels about that. Rest in peace. This is the seduction face. Um, it starts with suggestive tap chat and usually within maybe 20 minutes or so, they are able to convince their victims to switch from Facebook to Skype. And I'm sure in recent years, as technology has progressed, as I said before, there are more video chat um, systems available. We've got Google Duo, we've got Google Hangouts, we've got uh, WhatsApp, we've got Telegram, we've got Signal. So even today, there's even more opportunities. But at the time in 2013-14, they were using Skype, okay? What they want to do, the goal here is to convince the victim um, into a naked or compromised position. So what they'll say things like, you know, they'll, they'll maybe send a couple of pictures or a couple of qu quick clips of themselves, you know, beginning to maybe lift up their shirt or pull down their panties or, you know, put some cleavage in the, uh, in the camera. They'll start with that. 
they'll pull away. They'll say, hey, you know, if you want to see more, I want to see you too, sexy daddy. I want to see you too, handsome. Me love you long time. Oh, that's racist. I can't say that. Okay. They, they want to see more. They want to see more. And by this, just a couple of minutes into the video chat, the men are turned on. They're intrigued. They feel like they're getting a free treat. They feel like, you know, this... This beautiful woman from another country who probably barely speaks English just it finds you so fucking intriguing, finds you so fucking handsome that they're just going to magically just give you a sex chat for nothing. And men, you know, you guys are so fucking stupid sometimes. I try to warn you. I love you, but I try to warn you. You guys don't listen to me. Um, nothing in life is free. And like my grandma says, if it doesn't come out in the wash, it will come out in the rents. Okay. You think you're just getting some hot, you know, 20 year old woman, 25 year old woman taking off her clothes for you because you're just so charming. You're just so handsome for no reason. Well, life doesn't work that way. And you'll find out why. Um, the real scary part here and this goes back to how good the actors are, is that what they'll do is they will... Um, so like I said, many of the actors are lady boys, young gay men, teenage boys, um, but there are some... There, There is a division of this sex chat where, or should I say of this sexploitation syndicate that actually do make the videos, okay? So like I said, they'll make little clips... They'll have uh, certain little signals that they'll use, but everything is pre-recorded. So the victim has no idea they're talking to a man because the video that they're seeing in the Skype call is a female, okay? What they do with these pre-recorded videos is that they kind of anticipate what a man is gonna ask for to try to authenticate how real this woman is okay and i can attest to this myself because you know back um long time ago when i was online dating um you know when i was like you know like five years ago when i was like super 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 hot like really really fucking hot you know a lot of men thought that i was cam girl and obviously i was on there looking to date looking for a relationship but a lot of men thought that i was a cam girl um, so they would ask me questions like, hey, send me a picture touching your nose or send me a picture waving with your right hand or send me a picture um, uh, of this or send me a picture of that. You know, just like where the man is trying to confirm that you are not some pre-recorded thing. And the syndicate knows what you're going to ask for. They know what the victim is going to ask for. So they already have the clips and these pictures all ready to go. All they got to do is just pull it from their desktop and just send it to you. They already know you're going to ask to touch your nose. They already know that you're going to ask to smile and wave. They already know that you're going to, that they're going to ask you to hold up two fingers. You know what I mean? They already know, you know, <laughs> men are not that creative. You guys aren't. I'm sorry. I love you, but you're not. Okay. You ask the same shit over and over again. Patterns form. They know what you're going to ask for. And they have those clips and those photos ready to go. Okay. Uh, this is, and then obviously the person in the videos and the clips and the photos is not who you're talking to. It's not who you're actually chatting with. 
Um, and what they do after, okay, so what they do after you perform your sexual act or that you send your pictures, uh, they're, they go and they already have you on file. So they've already looked to gather your information. They, like I said earlier, they're looking for individuals who have their brother, their sister, their grandma, their grandpa, their work, uh, their past employments, their friends, their top friends. They're looking for those things. So they go, they gather all that up, your work info from Facebook, your family and friends info from Facebook. And uh, what they'll do in a few minutes or a few hours or the next day is they will send a portion of a video of your naked body or of you masturbating. You ask yourself, well, how did they get that? Because that Skype call, they were screen recording it. Cyber stalkers do to me, you know, <laughs> they're screen. What's up, DJ C Bunny, you bitch, droopy, droopy eyed bitch. Oh, um, shit. What? Wait, hold on. Hold on. Is that, is that DJ? No, she, I'm just, she's okay. not here. Okay. Oh. Yeah, no, but she's, she's, she's putting out videos. Okay, about okay, 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 okay. Yeah, droopy. Yeah, droopy. Yeah, uh, and the thing is, too, like, the video that they took a clip from was totally unrelated to anything woke conservative. That, that's and that's what they do. They they want to shame you and just smear you, even if you're not even talking about them and you're trying to talk. Yeah, droopy. <laughs> um, let's see. So they'll they'll screen record you masturbating, send you a clip of that back to you, and that's where the extortion, the sextortion begins, okay? This is where they demand money from you. Hey, if you don't send me money, I'm going to ruin your whole life. If you don't send me money, I'm going to send this to your wife. If you don't send me money, I'm going to send this to your work. If you don't send me money, I'm going to post this on the internet. Uh, typically, uh, Maria's actors would ask, or should I say demand, anywhere between $500 and $50. And Okay, so you have to understand, there. this is American money. So I don't know what the foreign exchange rate is for Philippine money, but you have to understand, that's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. That's a small fortune for anyone in a third world country. These actors admitted that... Uh, <laughs> They would uh, extort five to ten victims per day, okay? And if these pay, you know, if they misjudge the amount of money that uh, this individual was making, which is, you know, which wouldn't be hard to do because as, as a woman who uh, has online dated myself, I can definitely say that there's a lot of men who post pictures of cars they don't own and houses they don't live in, and lifestyles that are complete bullshit. I mean, it happens, you know? So so if the actor misjudges how much money this individual will have, what they'll do is they'll continue to be very persistent. They will try to use fear to, uh, to continue them to extort the money. They'll, they'll tell their victim to sell their property, sell their appliances, 
or borrow money from friends and family members to pay. Um, oftentimes, or not oftentimes, but if the victim still can't come up with the money and they want to um, call the actor's bluff, what will happen is that the actor has no reluctance to go ahead and those videos out. No reluctance to do so. I mean, what, what consequence is there for them? It's not traceable. The woman in the video isn't even the person that they're talking to. They're not using their real names. They're not using a real email. Okay. Even if you try, I mean, they're using, um, they're in, they're coming from a village that does not even have a Wi-Fi internet system set up. They're all using pocket Wi-Fi and hotspots, okay? They're changing the SIM cards out of their phones all the time. It's not traceable. What are you going to do? You're going to go to the police and say, hey, this person is trying to extort me for money. Well, where'd they live? Uh, uh, I don't know, Korea, when really they're in Balakan, Philippines. Oh, I don't know, Japan, when really they're in Balakan, Philippines. Like, what are you going to do? But anyway, um, moving on, this part is, is crazy to me. Um, the actors admitted that most of them work uh, about a six-hour workday. So like I said, they're, they're extorting five to ten victims per day. They're only working six hours. They can usually get these men to agree to a video call within 20 minutes of chatting with them, usually. And within minutes of that video call starting, they can usually convince these men to get naked or to start masturbating on camera, okay? It's, this, is a, this is a turn and burn industry. They're turning, they're turning and burning. Like if you ever worked in restaurants, you know what I mean by turning and burning. You're getting the customer in, you're feeding them and you're getting them out so you can clean the next table and set it up for the next customer. That's exactly what these lady boys and uh, sex workers are doing. Okay. So let's go ahead and talk about the other side of this, uh, of this uh, syndicate. So this is the... Um, this is the financial actors here, the financial side of this. Okay. Uh, there, Maria, uh, how do I pronounce her name? Maria Bess had a whole team of individuals who were creating fake IDs to go in person to the MoneyGram or the wire transfer stores and pick up the money. Okay. So we're talking, uh, fake photos, fake names fake addresses and they know when the money's coming the actor says hey so and so is about to send the money here's the confirmation number here's the receipt they go pick it up with this with these fake IDs and uh the transfer centers are making money hand over fist they did say that and this I found super interesting that this there was one western union uh, transfer center in Bulacan, Philippines, that in one year, more money wired in than any other Western Union transfer center in the world. Can you believe that? This tiny little village 
that doesn't even have internet. This tiny little village somewhere in buttfuck Philippines had more money coming into it. This one Western Union store center had more money coming in than any other Western Union store around the world. I couldn't believe it. That That's mind-blowing to me. Okay, so um, this goes on for a couple of years. In 2017, Facebook was made aware of these extortion scams, and I'm sure Interpol was, was informing them of that, as, as well as a few customer complaints. They were able to find 2,500 extortions, extortion scams. 9,020 accounts were disabled as a resort of these extortion scams, but only 16 were escalated further. Um, what they said was that, you know, most of these scams, I mean, they're being blackmailed for their silence. So there's probably far more extortions and scams happening Interpol could even ever keep up with and or that Facebook could ever keep up with because there's so many happening that go unreported. Now, I did find there was a gentleman out of Wales who had experienced the same thing, and he started a website called scamsurvivors.com. And the handle for their Twitter page is at Scam Survivors. And in 2018, they reported about 15 scams per day. And of those, and, and it is estimated, it is estimated that those 15 scams alone were generating uh, $225,000 a day in money. Okay, these are just estimations, but I mean, they're terrifying. Just from 15 scams a day, generating $225,000, okay? Um, the victims reported that 55 to 60% were from the Philippines. And uh, the scams are increasing by 100% per year okay so that means how okay so let me let me do some math here okay so literally everything is doubling per year so if we got 15 scams a day times 365 that is 5475 scams in 2018 alone 2019 10950 2020, 21,900. 2021, 43,900. 2022, 87,600. Now, think about this. Um, 2020, many countries were put on lockdown. Okay, everyone was at home. Only fans and 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 the amount of people joining OnlyFans as both entertainers, content creators, as well as, you know, consumers of that content blew up in 2020, right? How, I mean, 
the the numbers are probably even fucking higher. They're probably even higher. I'm just estimating here, okay? Again, most go unreported, and it takes months and months and months to gather evidence. Why is this significant? Okay, well, Silicon Valley and Mark Zuckerberg and, you know, they don't give a shit. They don't give a shit that you've got scammers on here pretending to be two and three different people because they are making money by the amount of users that they have. Isn't this the whole thing that held up the purchase of Twitter by Elon Musk earlier this year? Wasn't this one of his biggest concerns was how many of the users were bots versus how many of the users were users that could be, you know, somewhat verified. Facebook didn't give a shit. Facebook doesn't give a shit about your safety. None of these social media platforms do. They're getting paid by how many users that they have. So if you have one person, whether it be a scam artist, a sextortionist, a, a Nigerian prince, or in our case, a fucking cyber terrorist, if they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different profiles, that's ten different users. That's ten different users that they can go to their uh, uh, angel investors and their venture, ca venture capitalists and raise more money saying, hey, look how many people we have using our site. When it's really one person with ten profiles, right? It's bullshit. Also, there's no worldwide legislation legislation to combat against this. There's no overseeing uh, uh, internet police to help you if something happens to you. How are they going to trace it? Even if you report it, how are they going to trace it? You've got ladyboys in Balakan, Philippines, using... Um, using uh, pocket Wi-Fi's and interchangeable SIM cards to scam you. The money is being picked up with fake IDs to fake names and fake addresses. And nobody in the village is gonna talk because everybody's getting paid. Everybody's quality of life has increased. It's a trip, right? And even the police in Balakan, Philippines, are probably also on the payroll. So what are they gonna do? Nothing. So I, I bring you this story to tell you this, okay? First of all, sex texting and sending nudes and having online sexual relationships with people you don't know is dangerous in and of itself for you as a man. You can, have, you can have your entire career get thrown in the trash because you sent a dick pic. I can right now tell you one individual I know who's in the army whose career has been compromised multiple times because of his hypersexuality online. Not even because he's touching any women or attacking any women in real life. It's because of his hypersexual behavior online. 
He just cannot refrain from approaching women and then trying to convince them to engage in sex chat with him, okay? And then one of these uh, these women who, who wasn't even a scam artist, wasn't even extorting him for money or silence or anything, just to be a bitch, she decides to send that to her to his commander. And boy, did that fuck up his military career. And it's sad. And, you know, from a woman's perspective, I really think that you men need to exercise a lot more self-control. Okay? You guys need to stop fucking... You know, you're addicted to porn. Okay? You're bait... You know, some of you are beta males. You're cheap. You don't want to spend the money. You don't want to go out there and... Uh, you know, actually find a woman that would want to be with you. So you just do this nasty shit online because it's, it seems very anonymous. You think you can get away with it. Well, what I'm here to tell you today is that sometimes you can't. Sometimes that shit is going to blow back on you. I mean, it literally is reverse revenge porn. Okay. Another situation happened, and I'm not going to say this actor's name, but there was an actor earlier this year um, who came out in the news. He was uh, arrested by the Los Angeles Police Department uh, because he was sex texting with a minor. And so they were trying to hit him with uh, um, uh, child pornography charges. Um, <laughs> and the fucked up crazy part is that I actually knew this actor. Like I, I wouldn't like I didn't know him, like like friends know him, but I knew him because we were in a similar community years and years ago at uh, in LA and I met him at a party and he ended up hooking up with uh, one of my friend's roommates. And so I never forgot about him. He was gorgeous, weirdo, total weirdo, but gorgeous. Underwear model, actor, had spent so many years trying to break into Hollywood. And uh, he finally did. He was, uh, I mean, I guess I'm kind of giving it away. Um, he was on Game of Thrones. He was in this Disney movie called Dumbo. It was like the live action one. It was actually really good. And I remember seeing him years ago in Game of Thrones and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you. You finally, you know, you're finally getting somewhere in your career. And then the next time I see him is earlier this year on the news where he's getting busted by the LAPD for child pornography. Again, I, I'm not defending anything because I don't know if he knew that the girl was underage. But I'm saying this to illustrate to you how easily you, you don't know who the fuck you're talking to. First of all, you don't know if you're actually chatting with a woman or if you're getting a pre-recorded video. You don't know if you're chatting with a male or a female because you could be ch you think you're chatting with a 25-year-old woman. You're chatting with a 17-year-old boy. You don't know the age of this individual. So why the hell would you ever entertain the idea of sending masturbation videos of yourself to anyone or even streaming or, or live chatting with anybody showing videos of yourself. We can see your tattoos. We can see your clothes. We can see distinguishing markings on your body. You will get busted. 
Is it worth the risk? Because you're horny? Because you can't just go find a vetted, grown adult on webcam to go, you know, share your fantasy with? And even webcam is not 100% sure because nobody knows if the, if the IDs that those women are sending in to the company, whether it be Chatterbait or Streammates or, or, or whatever it be, we don't even know if those IDs are legitimate. So there could be underage stuff happening there. But at least, you know, you, you kind of have some protection if you're going through a legitimate company and not just, you know, getting a, hey, what's up? How you doing, handsome message from somebody in the Philippines on Facebook? Guys, you have to use your fucking brain. Gentlemen, you have to start thinking. Sex texting is just as dangerous for you as it is for the woman. Your reputation, your marriage, your job could be on the line just like any woman who sends nudes. So stop doing that shit. This syndicate is still going. And it's probably, it's probably even worse now. It's probably happening in even more countries than just the Philippines. It's probably targeting even more men than just in those eight countries that I listed at the beginning of this podcast. You are at risk and you have got to start protecting yourself. So obviously you need to ask yourself what you're on Facebook for. You need to ask yourself what you are on social media for. Are you there to promote an idea, a brand, a business? Are you, um, do you have some sort of hustle? Are you, are you trying to sell artwork or mixtapes or beats? Like if that's what you're on there for, keep it professional and don't ever list your friends, your family members, people that you actually know in real life on your page. Just don't fucking do it. Okay. Another thing, stop with your location services. Okay. You don't need to be listing every spot that you go to. I love taking pictures of your food. Stop listing every restaurant that you go to. Do not post what hotel you're staying in. Okay? And even that alone, I have more stories for you. I have a story of a woman who was posting her location services and her ex-boyfriend found her and murdered her. Okay? I have another story of uh of someone who who was posting themselves on uh vacation and they got robbed their house got robbed while they were out of town this is fucking dangerous the internet is fucking dangerous you have to be very clear and specific about why you're on it and just stick to that and and okay and if you're just old school and say you don't do any other social media but you're on Facebook you've been on Facebook since 2008 2009 2010 you do it to keep in touch with your family members to see who you know cousin having a baby is is your aunt or uncle getting married and you just want to do it to stay in touch with people from high school or your family then keep your profiles private keep them private and do not start chatting with 20 with beautiful 25-year-old women who you think are from Korea or Japan. 
Stop it. Those women are not going to give you a free picture. Like I said, if it doesn't come out in the wash, it comes out in the wrench. Nothing in life is free. You're not going to just sex text with some random woman for nothing. She's not going to give you her time for nothing. She's not going to show off her body to you for nothing. No foreign woman from possibly a third world country wants you that, wants your fat, hairy ass that bad. Sorry, MGTOWs. Sorry to tell you this. Nobody wants your nerdy, smelly, beta male ass that bad. Nobody wants your balding, disgusting ass that bad. They don't want you like that. They're pretending. Watch 90 Day Fiance if you don't believe me. All right. Well, that's pretty much all I have. It's it's a it's a heartbreaking story. I feel terrible for Daniel. Uh, what did we say his name was? Daniel. Daniel Perry's parents and family. Seven old suicide at at uh, in 2013. I'm sure there's probably other suicides that have occurred as a result of this type of exploitation sex sextortions um, but they'll never go reported i'm sure there's much many 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 more scams on many 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 more platforms than just fight facebook that never go reported so gentlemen be careful and ladies if you know you got a dirty ass husband you know warn him warn him that his actions will blow back on the family if uh if you if you have a 17-year-old son, 15-year-old son, warn your child that there are female predators online. There are male predators online, um, a, you know, pretending to be female. And they, they think they know how gullible a young, a young person like that is. You know, warn them, okay? And with that... Uh, Next week, we will have Burbo back with us for the Freedom Fam podcast. And to my cyber stalkers and gang stalkers, fuck you. And to everyone else, feel free to leave some comments. Make sure that you send me a shout. Send me, send me an email. We now have a Freedom Fam podcast Instagram page. Send me a DM over on Instagram. And if you have any sort of story about gang stalking, cyber terrorism, hacktivism, um, um, corporate espionage, whistleblowing, uh, retaliation, anything that you would like to share in terms of cyber crimes, make sure that you send me your story and I would love to have you on the show. And with that, you guys have a great one and stay safe on the internet. We pledge allegiance to the flag.